This is another Bible break. I'm Matthew Bruff. I'm the host of the Spirituality for Normal People podcast. And today I just want to look at Psalm 2. Psalm 2 uh, can be a bit of a difficult psalm, so I'm just going to read it and, um, and then see if we've got a few thoughts about it. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance." the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So I think, uh, again, I said, I think this can be a bit of a difficult psalm. Um, there's a whole bunch in here about God's anger, and we have real trouble with that. Um, talking about God's fury and God's wrath, and uh, and I have trouble with that. Um, don't like to think about God being angry, really. Um, but uh, we can sort of take a look and break the psalm into a few pieces um, to try to maybe get at what the psalm is about. Um, so it starts off with the nations conspiring and the peoples plotting in vain. Um, so why are the nations conspiring? And um, and then it has the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. And we might miss it if we're not paying attention, but his anointed, um, that's the word Messiah in Hebrew, um, or if you were going to translate into Greek, the word Christ. Um, against the Lord and against his Christ, or against his Messiah, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. Um, so it's kind of an interesting thing that they say. So these are the, the kings of the earth that are banding together, rejecting uh, God and the Christ. And the way of their rejection is by saying, let's throw off their shackles. Let's this is too restrictive. We don't need a God over us is essentially what they're saying, right? So the, you got to remember, this is the powerful of the earth that are saying this. So the kings of the earth are saying, we don't really need God. We don't really need a Messiah. Let's break off that chain and we'll be set free and we can do what we want. Um, so I, I think understanding that context and understanding that that's what's going on in this psalm is actually really important. Um, because I think the psalm is kind of from, uh, if we think of it from the perspective of, of those who are maybe under those kings and oppressed maybe by those kings of the earth, um, those people who are victims of the difficulty um, that's in place because the powerful are ruling in ways that are oppressive to other people, and those same powerful are saying, we don't really need a God 
And when they're rejecting God and they're rejecting the Messiah, the biblical perspective would be to say what they're doing is they're rejecting the God of compassion, the God who is on the side of the poor and the oppressed. And we'll find throughout the Psalms, if you read throughout the Psalms, you'll find God being praised for being on the side of the poor and the oppressed and lifting up the needy and bringing down the powerful. And so that context as well kind of helps us to understand that these are kings of the earth that are saying, we don't want to be accountable to any God. We don't want to have, have any uh, any of God's anointed around here. We're throwing that off so that we can be free. That's not in order to set people free. It's in order to have no accountability um, for their actions. Now, then we get to verse 4, and we find the one enthroned in heaven laughs. So God sees... Uh, the the way the kings of the earth and the rulers, the powerful of the earth, are talking about him. We don't need God, forget it. And you can maybe think of the Tower of Babel story where people say, we're going to build our own tower. and Or you can even think of, you know, our current uh, situations in the world where world leaders or powerful people in the world kind of behave and act and speak as though, you know, we can do whatever we want. Um, we don't need God. And um, we don't have to really pay attention to a God who, uh, you know, comes uh, in human form and suffers and lives among the suffering and raises up those who are the poor and the oppressed. We don't we don't need to listen to that God. So uh, and God is watching this from heaven and he laughs at them. Uh, It says the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. It's like God just saying, Really? Really? And then he goes from scoffing to rebuking them in his anger and terrifying them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. So in the context of the psalm, that's in a reference to King David. Um, But we might also want to extend that to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven as Jesus describes it. And that God's king, the one who he's installing, is King Jesus, who lives a particular way. And, um, and so this is who God is, is setting up. And God rebukes these leaders in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath and shows them what he is capable of doing and how he is capable of bringing them down and raising others up. Um, And so then we find as well that in verse 7, so uh, God has been speaking. In verse 7, we now get the voice of either David or of the Messiah, of God's anointed. I mean, those might be equivalent things in the time frame of the psalm. um, But in our, uh, in looking ahead to Jesus, we might want to think about, you know, whose voice is this starting at verse 7, where it says, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son, today I have become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron and you will dash them to pieces like pottery. Um, So all of the nations are going to become the inheritance of God's anointed one, God's Messiah. Um, and all the way to the ends of the earth are going to come under the reign and the rule of God's Messiah. Um, 
Now, I think what's important here as well, so it talks about breaking them with a rod of iron, dashing them into pieces like pottery. Um, and it's and then the end of this, it talks about, therefore, you kings, be wise, be warned, serve the Lord with fear, celebrate his rule with trembling, kiss his son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead you lead to your destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Um, and then closes with, blessed are all who take refuge in him. So I think um, what I find interesting about this psalm is is maybe to to think through what it means to be on the side of God's Messiah. And so God is saying, or the, the anointed one is saying, you know, if you're in, if you're powerful and you're a leader, um, you're a, you're a ruler, be wise about what you're doing. You can't just cast off God and say, I'm not accountable to any higher authority and I can do whatever I want. Um, be wise about that because the, even as you say that, there still is the higher authority and it's God's Messiah who is going to be given all of the nations as an inheritance. And, um, and, and who do you want to align yourself with? Um, you need to align yourself with this, with this one, uh, sent by God or given by God, this Messiah, um, who is God himself in the end. Um, and then at the very end, I love that it says, blessed are all who take refuge in him. Um, because it's, um, maybe reminding us that those who have been, uh, on the receiving end of oppression or violence at the hands of the powerful, that they, um, they may very well be the ones who are the most blessed because they are taking refuge in God. Um, it turns out, I, I read this morning, that Psalm 2 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament, which surprised me, but in some ways, with its reference to the Anointed One and this celebration of his rule, um, it maybe shouldn't be a surprise. Um what it helps us to see when we look at the life of Jesus and the way he lived out his life in service for others and giving of his life. Um, I always think of uh, Philippians chapter two, where it talks about how Jesus came and made himself a slave and became obedient, even to the point of death, um, even on a cross. And, um, and that this, this to me is how we understand how the rule of the Messiah works. So when we think of the, the reign of Christ or the, the kingdom of God coming with Jesus as king, we can't think of it in the human terms of how earthly kings have often behaved. Um, we have to think of it in the way that Jesus lived and behaved. He is the one, the person of Jesus, the one that defines how we understand this, this kingship. And um, so it's hard because I think in the Psalms, in Psalm 2, we've got this sort of... Um, wrathful, scary side of God towards those who are powerful. Um, we like to think of God as more of this loving, kind of tender uh, side of God. Um, but in some ways, I, in some ways, I want God to be angry when there are oppressive regimes. Um, it, you, you only need to, like, if you look and take extreme examples, like, uh, uh, prisoner of war camps, Nazi death camps, 
in World War II, I want God to be angry about that. I want God to be really angry that that happened. Um, and I want God to hold people accountable for what they did in those situations. Um, and, you know, the, the loving side of me and I think the loving side of God in this psalm comes out when, when God says, you know, if you're a king, be wise, serve the Lord with, with fear, acknowledging that God, God is greater than you and celebrate his rule. Um, don't just go off on your own course. Uh, acknowledge God, be wise, and um, and all who take refuge in God will be blessed. So even if you're one in power, and even if you're one, take refuge in God, turn to God, um, who is made known in this person of Jesus, his Messiah. Turn to him. Uh, live wisely. Um, because there is this, there's this anger that can, that can flare up and that ought to flare up at the terrible um, injustices and actions that some of the of the world, you know, what we can do to one another. Um, so, Psalm two, it's a tough psalm. It can be, um, but I find, um, in some ways, it's good that these are tough things, and um, that we've got these these conflicting and uh, conflicting emotions that, that show up here that, you know, on one hand, I want God to be compassionate and loving, but I also, when I see terrible things being done in the world, I also want God to, to do something about that and, um, come down in justice, um, in his kind of justice on the side of those who are being hurt. Um, and I think in some ways the Psalms express that sort of deep, those deep conflicting feelings that we might have about love and grace and forgiveness and also how we want justice to be done. And somehow, even those are those somehow, even though those are somewhat in conflict with one another in us, God somehow holds those things together. Um, that somehow God is gracious and loving and kind and perfectly just and righteous and uh, and so I'm thankful that that's that's who God is, um, even though I struggle to figure out how that might be. In particular, it's hard for us to sometimes be both loving and forgiving, and also uh, live justly as much as possible. So, anyway, those are my thoughts on Psalm two, and uh, maybe this is—I don't know if this has helped you or if it's maybe just raised some of your own thoughts that you might have and some of the conflict you might experience around some of these things. So anyway, thank you for listening today, and I uh, hope you have a good day. Take care. <laughs>